Hey, this is Alana Terry, and you are listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. I want to welcome you. Today, we have a teaser from our new course at Successful Writer, and this is all about how novelists can create compelling characters. And today, our lecture is all about giving your characters emotional depth, ways to describe emotions that go beyond just saying how somebody felt. And if you want the full course, you can grab that at courses.alanaterry.com slash characters. And I hope that this instructional training is useful and helpful for you when you're writing your novels. So next up, we're going to talk about different ways that you can describe your emotions and give your characters more emotional depth. The easiest way and for lack of a better word, the most amateur way is to just flat out tell the reader she was sad. She was angry. She felt embarrassed. I'm never going to make a rule. I'm never going to tell you like we'll never use any, never name the emotion because <laughs> that would get a little bit over the top. It's totally fine. But when we really want to go deep, and especially when we talk about deep POV, like deep POV means you're not just seeing what the character is doing. You are deep in their mind and you are deep in their psyche. And maybe you're even more aware of their inner motives than they are. So when we want to get really deep POV, there are some techniques that we can use to avoid having to rely just on naming the emotion. So please don't turn it into a rule that you can never just flat out name the emotion. That's taken it too far. But here are some other things that you can add to your arsenal of descriptions to add even more emotional depth. So one of these is to, instead of naming the emotion, is to show through the actions and behavior, the body language and things like that, to show us the emotion. This works very well when you are trying to describe the emotion of a character who is not the narrator, right? If I'm the narrator, I can say I am mad. If I am a third person narrator limited to this main character, I could say she was mad. But if I'm not the narrator, I can't say Jimmy was mad if Jimmy is not the point of view character, right? Because I am limited to what the main character knows. The main, so the question is, what does your main character see or what does the narrator see that would lead them to name the emotion that Jimmy is? Okay, so if Jimmy is mad... Instead of saying, Jimmy was mad at me, I can say, I watched him um, clench his fists and take in a deep, choppy breath. I saw the, the muscles in his jaw shake because he was clenching them so hard. Okay, so we need to be careful, again, not to pretend to know more than what we actually know as the narrator. So when I am looking at another character, I can describe their body language. I can describe their actions. I can describe what they say. If your narrator is very, very uh, empathic, they might even be able to pick up on, on the emotions, right? You could say something like um, the, the angry waves of his rage, you know, like made the air between us oppressive or something like that. But only a very intuitive, very empathic person is going to be able to describe it in that language. And if your narrator isn't that type of character, then you're going to need to rely on something else. So one way 
to show emotion without just naming the emotion is what is this character doing? What are they saying? And this works for your, for your main character too. It can be way more impactful instead of saying, I felt sad to tell you how I flung myself on my bed and how the hot tears streamed down my cheeks, right? So being more descriptive of the behavior and not just naming the emotion is one technique that we can use. Another technique that we can use is when we're talking about an emotion experienced by your main point of view character is we can describe the physiology of what's going on. Again, the best way to learn this is to become more and more aware of your emotional states. And so when you are feeling happy, ask yourself, where in my body does this happiness reside, <laughs> right? Where, where is my happiness? Like for me, the happiness comes from like right in the center of the gut. And then you try to describe that feeling. It feels like um, something expansive that's kind of growing and it feels comforting. Okay. So practice kind of thinking through your own physiological emotions. When you feel ashamed, what do you feel? Um, maybe you feel your, your face heat up, right? That's a kind of simple one, but, but what else do you feel? Do your hands get cold? Does your throat clench up, right? So becoming more and more aware about how your body reacts to your emotional states will be a really good practice to help you describe to the reader. So I can say, I was, um, I was in love with this person, right? But it would be so much more effective if I showed you like what's going on in my physiology, what's going on. Like if I'm the mom holding her newborn baby, I could say, and I looked at my baby and felt so much love and adoration. And that's fine, but it doesn't, it doesn't go take the reader to that deeper level. And so this is where similar, like we've talked before about how even thinking about this as acting can really help. Think about, okay, I'm the mom holding my newborn. I don't just want to name the emotions I feel, but I can start there. I feel love and adoration and I feel protective. Okay. But then I want to ask myself, where do those emotions like come from? Because if you think about it real deeply, different emotions, many people can experience at different places in their body right? When I'm exhausted, that's like up in here in my head. When I'm um, really excited, that's like deep in my gut, <laughs> right? When I'm, when I'm feeling, you know, like an abundance of love um, and affection for somebody like that, that comes in my chest. When I'm feeling a burden, like that's down on my shoulders. When I'm really stressed, start thinking about where in your body do you experience these emotions and how would you describe what is happening physiologically? This is great just for becoming more aware of how you feel and it can help you really write deeper about the emotional state of your characters because then you don't need to rely on just saying, and she was tired, right? You could really describe, okay, her, her shoulders were sagging and, um, you know, like, she felt like there was a, a huge backpack on her shoulders. Like that's a little bit cliche, but I think you get what I'm saying. If you can describe how the emotion feels to your character, that is going to be more effective 
for your reader. Part of what we are doing as novelists is we are taking readers on an emotional journey where we are inviting them to experience the emotions that our reader experiences. And the more we, the more descriptive we are, the more we help a reader along there. There was a study that showed that when you read a novel and it describes a character even doing something like she shut the door, like there's a tiny part in the reader's brain, like the reader knows the, the muscles that are involved in shutting a door, like that part of their brain gets a tiny, tiny, tiny bit activated. When you describe it even more, you know, like describe how the handle feels, describe the sound, describe how heavy the door felt, then that part gets activated a little more. And it's the same with our emotions. I can say she was happy or I can say she laughed and my reader can recognize that emotion to a small degree. But if we can be even more descriptive, how does it feel when you have that like amazing belly laugh, right? How do you describe what's happening in your body? That allows our readers' brains to really, really latch on to the emotions that we're trying to convey. One more kind of technique that can be uh, fun to explore when you are describing emotions is to go ahead and name the emotion and then personify the emotion. So instead of just saying, um, I was hungry, you could say, like, the hunger in my empty stomach did what? right? What is the hunger going to do? So we're talking about anthropomorphized language, which is we've talked about before, where you're taking something that is not um, animate and sentient, but we are giving it personality. Give your hunger the personality. What's the hunger doing? Is it creeping through your gut? Is it echoing in your empty bowels, <laughs> right? Um, so start thinking too about different emotions. And if that emotion were to be personified, what would it be doing? Maybe the fear is creeping up your spine or the shame is pressing down on you like a heavy weight or the anxiety is like a brick on your lungs, like constricting you. So think about ways that you could not only name the emotion, but to give the emotion some type of actual quality so that the emotion is an active part of the story. And that can help make it real as well, right? Because again, our goal is to describe these emotions so well that our readers are going to instantly like, I know exactly what that feels. Even if I've never felt that way before, I know exactly what that feels. And so this is all about enriching our writing with some of these techniques to take our readers on an unforgettable journey. All right. Thanks for listening. And if you want more, you can check out our brand new course about how to create compelling characters for novelists at courses.alanateria.com slash characters. Hope you have a great day and a really good writing week. And we'll talk to you next time.